Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This podcast. Aren't you one of the Lions of Liberty? I'm just the social media, or I am, what is okay. it? Social media director or something. I can't remember what okay. my official title is. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, no, I just, I'm just an, an employee. I don't, I don't actually All uh, right. contribute to the show itself. At least not yet. I've been trying to, uh, I've been trying to convince Howie Snowden to do, that we need to do a Tuesday night uh, conspiracy corner show. And like a week, that'd be fun. I, I've been trying to talk him into it, and I, I just can't get him to commit. Like they do the conspiracy corner uh, semi regularly. Like I want I saw, that to be. I saw one uh, tweet today that I, I'm just like, oh god, that is so true. It's like the conspiracy isn't like the pedophiles, you know, cabal that's like running our, uh, you know, run, running all the governments of the world. It's the yeah, you know, the, the conspiracy is that there are good guys coming to save us. Like that's the conspiracy. I'm like, God, that like it hit the nail on the head. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's man. So yeah, go ahead. That would be that would be a really good show. That'd be excellent. I mean, that that just like that. It's like God. How do how do you get that in under two in under uh, 280 characters? Just these people have a mind that I just I don't get. I don't have that. I need to get it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh man, I'll, I'll type up something and and I'll realize like I won't even be paying attention to the character count. I'll just be typing it up, and then when I'm done, it's like you're 180 characters over. I'm like, how did I even go that far? I'm like, what? I didn't think I typed that much, but I, I get when you know when I go back and read through it, it's like, oh yeah, I, I definitely said way too much. Uh, <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, you and I actually had a a uh, brief debate a couple. Uh, I guess it's been maybe two or three months ago now. On, yeah, uh, I, I seem to remember something because <laughs> it's like I am not. So I started out as a Republican. I was a big time Republican. I mm-hmm. I traveled in 04 to campaign for Bush. I did all of the local campaigns in Kentucky. How old are you, by the way? Thirty seven. OK, so you're you're uh, oh, oh, you're like a good nine years older than me. All right. So, so I traveled uh, all over the place and campaigned for local and state candidates in Kentucky for the Republican mm-hmm. Party. I went to a, a Bush rally, uh, at least one Bush rally. It might have been two. I can't remember now. Uh, but I traveled and campaigned for Bush. I was the uh, I was the second youngest delegate to the Kentucky Republican State Convention that year in two thousand four. Congratulations! <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. But also uh, through all of that time, and then also I now live in Indiana, and the Republican Party of Indiana is just fucking awful. And oh. so I don't have a whole lot of 
faith or or uh oh that should that to me if they sound if they're if the republicans are awful that means to me that says they're weak and weakness invites aggression <laughs> the problem we have in kentucky and indiana is that uh the establishment republicans are mm-hmm. like my parents and somebody with ideas like mine are way too radical and there's no way any of them will ever get behind it and support it. So Mm -hmm. like with Indiana, we have a pretty solid uh, libertarian party and we have a good opportunity with some of the inroads that were made with the 2020 gubernatorial election and stuff like that, that we can start actually pushing and challenging some of these really bad Republicans that are definitely rhinos like we can start mm-hmm. we can start pushing and challenging those guys and maybe even on a lot of like local level type stuff we can actually have impact whereas if we were part of the uh if we were part of the republican party we would just get swallowed up which we're actually kind of running a a real-time uh test in gibson county indiana okay indiana yeah so the the uh chair for the GOP in Gibson County and the chair for the Libertarian Party in Gibson County are husband and wife. Really? So we're kind of running. Interesting. Yeah, we're kind of running a real time test. They both. You're in Indiana right now. Yeah. The, All righty. Okay. They both align pretty much, uh, almost perfectly as far as like libertarian ideals and and concepts go. But one of them, he's. He mm-hmm. remained a Republican and is the head of the GOP. And she joined the Libertarian Party and is the county chair for the LP. So we're mm-hmm. kind of running a real time test to see uh, which strategy. There should be a lot of room to overlap there, you know, to work, yeah. to work together with. So, so we can kind of see uh, which strategy is going to work. I, I have concerns because the, because the, general uh, makeup of the GOP in the state is so hardcore rhino. Uh, really? That surprises me. It sucks. Like we've got about three uh, state senators and not a whole lot more than that of the, like the state house members who are like good on stuff. And most of the rest mm-hmm. of them, most of the rest of them are it's, it's Bush GOP. Like they suck. Huh. That surprises me. The because uh, America First has been, you know, pushing a whole lot of those people, you know, out of power and into just the commoner ranks, the way we uh, the rest of us used to be. And like I because you know, when I'm here I'm here in uh and you know, we're uh, you know, I've been having lots of conversations with the uh you know the the people in this area because I'm in and yeah, and I just noticed, like, particularly amongst the young people, they're far more red pilled and based than, you know, again, than the older counterparts. But even their older counterparts are like, this isn't working. We're fed up about this. And, you know, the uh, I mean, it's like all of them seem to be like at least at least a very solid majority are like, okay, we need to figure out some way to start getting these establishment guys out because it's, it's gotten to be really critical here. Like they're ignoring 
you know, we've had 20 years of uninterrupted Republican rule and what have we got for it? You know, the state's getting more, you know, bluer and bluer every year and every time. And we always send them and they're never like, they, they always promise to do something and they never do it. They just don't care. And the, uh, as like, it's like come to a boiling, it's practically a boiling point here. And, you know, I come in like kind of like a throw bishop. And, you know, if you, if you know how to talk to these people as a, like a radical libertarian, it's like, you know, they love you. It's like, you know, that like you're the most right wing among them. And it's like, you're naturally going to start rising to the top and start gathering, you know, people's trust and people's approval. And I really think for, you know, communicating our libertarian positions to them, it's just a matter of how you, how you frame it and how you frame yourself. And I, you know, I'd like to you know, start teaching other libertarians how to do that eventually, but I just, I don't have that kind of time or bandwidth, but it's like, you know, like I, I had this one, this one idea, like, what if we framed, you know, how we want to like kind of legalize heroin? <laughs> what if instead, instead of like framing that as legalized heroin, what if we did it as like socialize heroin? Because you know, what has a much better uh, track record of like death and destruction than prohibition? Socialism. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I, as long as you keep it as the uh like oh no 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 we're not legalizing it because we approve of him we're legalizing it because they're the enemy and this is how we really stick it to them <laughs> and I, it's like i've tried the, that with about three dozen boomer cons so far every last one of them's like you know that's actually an excellent idea we should really you know use like full-blown green new deal socialism to go after the drug dealers because you know what socialism is bad they're like hardwired to that and it, and there's a whole lot of just easy ways of just reword same exact policy prescription, but just change the uh, you know just change how you frame it, and all of a sudden like the you know your more boomer cons and right leaning conservatives they just go right along with it. As it just makes it so much easier, and you you sound so much less radical. In fact, or like or better, you sound like the better type of radical. Like oh, you know that's actually a really good idea. I kind of like that, and. The uh, it's like I think we I, I you you know cr- remind me like you know so what was what was our debate about last time was it was it the LPMC stuff or yeah, yeah that was kind of what it stemmed out of um, I think it mm-hmm. was it was kind of on the the topic of uh, okay I guess it was uh, to kind of summarize it it was that if I'm not willing to to join the GOP then I'm to an extent, an enemy, which. Yeah. Okay. That's a little harsh, <laughs> which I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that sentiment, but at the same time, we have, we do have, like I said, we do have about three, you know, state senators who are mm. good and we've been able to work with them to accomplish or we haven't necessarily been able to work with them to get anything passed, but we've been able to work with them to get stuff killed that would have been uh, a net negative for like the ideas of liberty yeah. and freedom. So we do have in here in Indiana with the LP and the way it is, we do have good inroads that we've been able to make with some of those more like legitimately conservative libertarian ideal type uh, mm-hmm. Republicans. So, so we can work together and, and I don't think, I think, I think the, yeah, I think the caucus really would uh, maybe not, maybe not for official, uh, you know, position, but 
they probably wouldn't shy away from the idea of working with Republicans if it means promoting liberty. Like, I don't, I don't see where you're going to work with Democrats a whole lot to promote liberty, at least not in this day and mm-hmm. age. You know, maybe maybe early 2000s Democrats who were anti-war and pro-drugs, but the current you know iteration of the Democratic Party is 100% statist, and it's I don't even know that they have you know strong principles on on anything anymore other than like pro state, and that's. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know there are opportunities to work with Republicans, but. You know, I mean, the, the far left of the Democrat Party is, you know, basically communists and the far right of, the, of their party is neocons. So right. it's like, oof, that's a tough spectrum to work with. Like everyone else is in, somewhere in between a neocon and a communist. Like, ugh, what do I do about that? I don't think there's there's not much there. Right. And there's not a lot of like, common think, ground there. I think my harsh words in the past was because I was still pretty butthurt about I, you know, I was working with a campaign against a real, har- a real Marxist, like self-described Marxist, who was in the uh, Texas uh, House of Representatives. He was in a 50-50 district. It was like the single most competitive district in Texas, single most purple. And it's like I had been block walking. I had been knocking on doors. I had to like drive an extra like hour to get to the just the, the district because it this like, you know, it, I, you know, it's up and up to the north of me. And I, w- you know, I had been, uh, wor- you know, working every single week, dedicating my weekends, walking, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of miles, knocking on close to like a thousand doors. And, you know, at- and at the very end, we lost by 300 votes and the, and the libertarian, you know, who I knew personally, you know, as a, you know, he's a, a more of a right wing libertarian had, you know, had a margin of 3,600. And we, and as like, and the, you know, and the guy, you know, I had been campaigning for was like a normal conservative. It's like, he's not quite a moderate, he's not a radical, but kind of just a normal spectrum, normal middle of the spectrum conservative. It's like, good enough. And the other guy is like, I'm a, I want to pass the Green New Deal here in Texas. It's not enough to do it at a federal level. We need to do it at state level too. Never mind that it's going to, you know, the, the havoc it would have in Houston, you know, the energy capital of the planet. <laughs> and the, uh, He's like, and he wants, he wanted to raise every kind of tax, you know, and he's like, literally, he is a self-described Marxist. And as like, this is the guy who's still in there now by 300 votes because of the Libertarian Party did and, they, you know, trying to steal votes from the right. And it's like, say, did, and the libertarian, uh, did the Libertarian campaign, like, like actually actively campaign and like yep. push, see that? Yep. And I know, and I know the guy too, because he's the he, no. It, it's the uh, Paul Billu. He's the he is the the husband of the the current chair of the Libertarian Party. Yeah, you know, the, the like everybody else resigned, and then this, and then the next woman in, in line kind of got the job. That's his wife. And see, like, I, I, met, I do kind of take issue with that because, like, something we've even I, I don't know that it's been uh, like really out loud discussed in in Indiana, but we want to run a candidate for literally every open position that's going to be on the ballot in 2022. And we are not going to actually try to campaign against the ones who are good. Like we want somebody on the ballot to show that we're here and we're for real, Mm -hmm. but some of those guys, we're not trying to push against them. We just want to have a name on the ballot to show that we, you know, we're, we're not trying to steal votes. We want, we want the good ones to stay in, but we want to have our, 
you know, we want to have a presence across the entirety of the yeah. state. And like, so in a situation like that, like if they're actively like campaigning against somebody who's good, especially somebody who's good running against somebody who's exceptionally bad. I, I, I take issue with that as well. Yeah. And like, and like, I know this guy's attitude, Paul's attitude about it is just, it's like, oh, no, I really want to campaign against them both. I'm going to spoil every election because fuck the duopoly. I don't, I don't like, 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 man, you just let a Marxist back in. You could have replaced him Marxist with a like a, a run of the mill conservative. OK, it's so like, on, I get. Yeah. And on uh, that topic, just real quick, what do you think of Shane Hazel? And because the, the two faster. Republicans, well, the Republicans that he was running against, they're yeah. not good. So, like, I, I, I agree that yeah. it was bad that the Democrats won, but the Republicans weren't really good either. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. That was tough because it's I, like, it's like a, I understand because it's like at the same time, a lot of America first was like, man, fuck these guys. At the same time, it's like, you know, I'm looking at what's coming down the road with, with uh, you, know, Bi- you know, Biden as like they could. Uh, you know, the politics is so stinky the way it works that. You know, if you had had one extra Republican, they would be holding the line. But because there isn't one extra Republican, 17 of them will join the join the Democrats. It's like and it's so fucking stupid that it works that way. But it does. And you got Joe Manchin holding the line. I know. It's like we have. And now, like, you know, the the future of the Republic is in Joe Manchin's hands. And it's like I I feel terrified at that because, my you know, my you know, I was saying in a. You know, like a, a few weeks before he did, before DeSantis did it, I was saying we need a real solid anti-communist, uh, you know, curriculum in public schools. And by anti-communist, I mean anything to the left of Joe Manchin. <laughs> and uh, so, and, and of course, you know, like a, a week later, he announces a uh, anti-communist agenda. And I'm a Florida boy, born and raised, and you you can take a Florida man out of Florida, but he's still a Florida man. And so I might be in Texas. I'm still a Florida man. And I was there for 23 years and I go back like probably four or five times a year. So, and I still, yeah, I have all my family there. And, but uh, I, with like Shane Hazel, it's, yeah, I think it's so stupid to have our name associated with failure and associated with being a spoiler. Cause it's like, you're, you're making your, you know, you're associating the libertarian name with sore losers, basically, who don't do anything to help liberty. They don't liberate anything. And we just lose. And like, that's the association we're getting. Whereas like, if you focused on really taking winnable races, like Shane Hazel would be a good town mayor somewhere. He'd be a good city councilman somewhere. And if you just, you know, focused on winnable races instead of having like presence you know it's like yeah i guess the presence you're having is a bad one it's a bad public image and it it's like you're associating with powerlessness being a sore loser loser (laughs) and like these are not associations you want to have with the libertarian name it's it's an important name that's why i kind of like what the mises caucus has at least said they were going to do they haven't followed up on it yet but they said that they were going to stop stop running all the, all of these unwinnable races and focus purely on having power at the local level because it really matters quite a lot who your school board member is, who your sheriff is, who your mayor and city councilman is, and 
you know, this like it matters who these who, who these positions of power are because you can start nullifying even at the local level. And nullify you can, I mean, it's like the, your nullification powers are kind of limited, you know, but they're still there. And they're still, and if you know, if uh you know, like the, I know I like a, hey, if the Libertarian Party had controlled, uh had control of Waco at the you know, back in the 90s, uh, you know, Waco wouldn't have happened. Like the, you know, the ATF would have come in and we would have said, get the fuck out, you know, and uh, you're not here. And you would have had all of those, you know, women and children of that whatever cult, they wouldn't be died. They wouldn't have died. And you know what? That having, you know, libertarians around to protect the people, that gives us a much better name and a much better reputation. And I wish with all my heart that the Libertarian Party would focus on the local races where they can actually win and really make a difference in people's lives and garner a good reputation rather than the reputation they've garnered thus far, which is just loser, powerless, can't protect anybody, can't protect themselves. And, you know, they're kind of butthurt about everything. And they just don't win. They don't win anything. It's like no one wants to associate with losers and no one cares what they think. You know, it's like people care what cared what Trump thought because everyone understood like this guy's a winner. And they like understood it automatically. This guy knows how to how to this guy knows how to win. And he might be terrible on on most issues, but he knows how to win. <laughs> it's like, and so people care what he thinks. And you know, it's like you don't have to be right on the positions, you just have to be able to win and be able to protect people. And people want to be safe, so offer them their safety. And you know, if if you offer them their, their safety and you keep the and you uh you know and they give you power in return, you can also while you're keeping themselves safe, give them a little extra freedom too. It's like it can be done both ways. But if you want to, I'm like I'm not here to keep you safe. I'm here to keep you free. And it's like well, okay, that's not what they're looking for. And you know, it's like, and it's like and you know that I mean it's it's kind of a self centered approach. You know, where you're campaigning on what you want, not what they want. And, you know, and these don't have to be mutually exclusive. And, uh, you know, but I really wish the MC would focus more on the local races, but they said they were going to. And so far, they have not kept that up. And that's my that's my take on Shane Hazel. We'll see how 2022 goes. I know that in 2020, there were several MC backed candidates in like local races that that did really well or won. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm actually running for county council in my county Good. next year. Um, yeah. I, I, on the uh, 2020 donor call in December, they had that exact recognition that they had a whole bunch of like state races and stuff and, and uh, uh, U.S. Uh, national races that uh, their candidates got slaughtered. And then they also at the same time had a whole bunch of local races where people did pretty well. And you know, it's like, just focus on what's winnable and you can gain a good reputation that way. And, you know, kind of take the libertarian name out of the dirt that it's in right now. So, if, I mean, if we had a Justin Campbell as a, uh, excuse me, I, I mispron- mis- uh, misannunciated the name Campbell. <laughs> and if, I, if we had a, you know, you know uh, city councilman Justin, you know, in, in, in any city council anywhere, I can tell you all automatically that's going to be a better uh, city council than it would have been otherwise. And, you know, there's a there's someone there to really lead and give a good voice to you know what are you know what the city council should do about you know certain actions of other of the higher levels of government. Uh, you know that's that's a lot. That's going to be a lot better. 
And if you have like, I don't know if you have a majority of them, which by the way, is pretty easy. Cause that's something you notice when you're block walking a lot is how fucking defenseless everyone else is. It's like, dude, this is an easy race to just walk in on. It's like that no one else is doing it. They're not campaigning. They kind of just walk in and they stay there year after year with no effort. And they put that's kind of what signs. I looked at with the one yeah. I'm going to run for is she doesn't campaign. Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody else on the council absolutely hates her, but nobody ever runs against her. So she just wins every year. And yeah. like, okay, and, that's and an like, easy they, one. These are the opponents we're up against. It's like, this is, this should, they're weak. And then it should invite our aggression as libertarians against them to, I, I'm going to take your power from you and I'm going to work for it. And you, and you know, like I, I, I like when I, I talk to close to probably, I knocked on a thousand doors, usually 80% of them would, would get, would be open, which was like really, really strange. Cause I, I was told it's usually like one in 10, but for me, it was, it was like eight, it was like 80%. I talked to close to 800 people and you know, I would ask them like, Hey, is that, you know, have you ever seen the, uh, any other candidates come by? Like, Nope, Nope, nobody, nobody. You're the only guy. <laughs> and, and I was just like, it, it floored me. Like, dude, this is going to be so simple. Uh, and, uh, and I just, I can't believe that as a movement, we haven't just taken over all, you know, at one time we had close to taken over the, 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 uh, Republican party, you know, back in the Ron Paul d- days, and yeah, you know, we were very close to taking it over, and then we just gave up. And yeah, we got dis- we got discouraged because they pulled a cheat on us. So it's just like, no shit, this is democracy. You're supposed to cheat, <laughs> but the you ain't, uh, cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. It's this democracy, like you know, Moldbug says, you're they're all you know, it's water polo, they're all tugging each other's balls under the water because the ref ain't under the water. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you're supposed to, and, you know, they victus woe to the, to the, to the, uh, defeated. And, you know, it's like, ah, oh, you got discouraged for no reason. You were so close to winning and you just gave up. And, you know, I, if we just started taking over all of these local governments and it's like, and really make our presence felt, cause we're a small minority of the population, but because we're the, if we're the only ones working for it, uh, we could really start punching above our weight. And if you look at like the, uh, the number of libertarians in, you know, like, or like libertarian Republicans in like state houses, you know, there's like, you know, 5,000, uh, you know, Republicans in state house office or something like that, something like that. And I forget, and I forget, or I forget what the amount was. Uh, actually, I think, no, I think 5,000 was like the, uh, the total number of seats. But I remember I did the math, did the math earlier this year and we're like six to 9% of the Republican coalition. And we are not six to 9% of the population. <laughs> and that's your re- and like you know because like you know people just don't want to work for it. everyone else doesn't want to work for it if you just get a few libertarians to work for it it's like we can automatically punch way above our, way above our weight you know in terms of our percent of the popul- population and that's really really that's powerful because uh, you know all you have to do is want to work for it and you're in that's it you're you're you're, you're golden and because everyone else just doesn't want to work for it, they just take it and because it's open. And then the people who vote see somebody that actually cares and is willing to put forth the time and the effort to work for it. And they're like, OK, I can get behind that because that's yeah. more that's infinitely more than what any of these other jerk offs are doing. Yeah. By the way, I mean, that's like that's the Rand Paul strategy is everyone else is not working for it. They're looking they're looking like retards. And he's just there being pretty normal and about, hey, this is all really bad. Our people really don't want this. We should speak up and say something about it. And he's and he's like golden. He's a golden boy. 
And DeSantis had the same exact strategy. Like everyone else went full totalitarian and he stayed kind of normal. <laughs> it's like, it's like he basically stayed the same. It's like, it's like nothing really changed except everybody else. He stayed the same. And now he's like the, you know, the front runner of the Republican movement. He's like the next Trump. <laughs> it's like, that's all it takes. So it's like, he's like, you just have to be like kind of normal and, in, and like actually like fight. Like, you don't even have to fight very well. You don't have to, like Rand Paul doesn't win. It's like he bunches way above his, his weight class, sure, and he gets you know actually stuff done, but that's because everyone else is so weak. You know, when you have such weak and feckless, you know, competition, it's like, well, all you have to do is kind of, you know, if, if you can do a little more than phone it in, you're golden. It's right. like and it's, it's the bar is so low. Why wouldn't we take advantage of this? And yeah, but We'll have to, you know, I, I do hope that the MC realizes that, that there's a lot of power that they can have at the local level. And if they just stop focusing their candidates, they, if they just made an announcement that we're not running any state or congressional candidates anymore, we're going to have our presence felt at the local level. Instead, instead, of, instead of it being like, you know, because literally what is it? If you're not campaigning for it, if you're just going to be on the ballot, what kind of presence is that? You know, it's, it's, it's like you're, it's a name and a letter on the ballot. That's the presence. And it's like when at the same time, you could be like the presence that is felt actually in law at the, at the local level. I mean, you know, you could actually be the one of the, the votes or multiple of the votes at the city council making the laws and giving the, and, you know, if you have a problem with like with the police and, you know, oh, they just follow orders. It's like, wouldn't you want to be the guy giving orders? It's like, if they follow your orders, no matter what, like, well, it's like, that seems to be, you know, it's like, how hard is it? it Billy begs the question, how hard is it to be the guy giving the orders? Right. And it's like, like, I, I get that they should be moral and, you know, have a conscience every now and then, but you know, it's like, that's all true. But at the same time, it's like, so you're telling me this, you know, whoever the mayor is and who, uh, you know, appoints the, you know, chief of police, it's like, it's not, it's really, really easy to be that guy and you're not going to try, you know, it's like, you could be the libertarian giving the orders to the police. Like, mm, you could do a lot of good right there. And you don't have, it's like, uh, it's, it's not a perfect solution, but my God, it's really, really good. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. See, we're going to derail into something else too. I don't, cause I am, uh, yeah. I am very much a Christian and I've got a buddy that we'll do uh, we'll do like biblical studies every once in a while for my little show. And we'll dig into specific topics in the Bible and stuff like that. And so, so like, I like looking at that stuff and, and I am very much a Christian. Uh, I mean, I was raised that way. I've explored other stuff and it yeah. all just led me back to being, being even more of a Christian. And uh, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand the militant atheist side of the libertarian party. Like it's just, it, it doesn't seem to make any sense to me from a what like even if I you really, think even if you think that uh you know modern day christians are uh a bunch of hypocrites it doesn't it doesn't detract from what like, why do you have founded on and, and christianity's founding and everything that it's built around is mm -hmm. like libertarian ideas and principles <laughs> like, basically yeah but it's like it's the animosity that I just I don't get it. It's like, dude, this is not that big of a. It, this has no effect on your life, and 
I don't know. They just have like some childhood hang up about it. And that's the way that it really comes across to me is like, dude, are you just like 17 or something like that? Right. And and it's like just the animosity that they have. It's like, I, I don't feel about atheists this way. It's like, it's not reciprocated. It's like, I, I, I don't feel about Hindus or Muslims this way. And like, frankly, I, I kind of look at the, you know, I, there was this uh, you know, video a while back of, of like a, a Texan Christian versus like a Taliban Muslim. Uh, and, it's, and it's like, there's a lot in co- we have in common here. It's like, you know, we hate the commies. They've killed commies. <laughs> it's like, they like traditional values. They kill people for not having traditional values. That's a lot to like there. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, a little bit of a joke, but like, and like I, I look I mean, at like the, the you know, the we Muslim, have more in common than we have against each other. You know, and you just need to. <laughs> and yeah, but then there, yeah, there's these atheists off to the side, and they just have this incredible hatred of people that is just not reciprocated to them, and it's like, I, and they have just this derisive, mocking, you know, just mean spirit to them, and I just I don't get it. And it's it's like that. Yeah, are you so mad at God because He didn't give you that pony for your sixth birthday? Or <laughs> I don't know. It's that. It's I just thought that's the way I take it. And they just have this, you know, just this hang up. And and I really feel like this is why they're they're libertarians, anarchists too. It's like they believe in no God and they also believe in no government. It's like whatever it is that you know, in our contrarian mind that makes people libertarians also makes them atheists. And, you know, there's a huge overlap there. And I just, I don't get it. Uh, and they just seem like nuts to me. I, uh, but, uh, and, you know, I see them like the way I call it sky fairy and, you know, stuff like that. And I'm just like, fuck you. You guys don't believe in that. You guys don't believe in love. You don't believe in anything. And I start, you know, I start getting you know, pissy back with them, but they just like, I, I, I Anyway, man, I, w- I wish I had. We, I'm, we're hoping for kids, so that's the. Um, I'm, we're trying, so we'll see if we can get get a rug rat around in the next one or two years. But I, I envy all you, uh, you know, libertarians who get who have kids. I'm gonna ca- well, catch up and get some of my own. Good luck. I uh, hope the best for you. Uh, <laughs> they will hit a once you once you do get a, a couple of them, they will hit a, a point where you really. Wish you hadn't done that, but yeah. I think I hear I hear they grow out of that point eventually. Huh? On my they get to that uh, beautiful age, but between five and ten, where they're they they still obey orders and they don't think too much for themselves, and then they're and but they're also kind of respectful and kind of cute. Yeah, they see, still have some of that childhood innocence, and then they get to teenagers, and it's like, oh hell again. <laughs> yeah, mine of all three exited that point. They're 10, 11, and twelve, and we are Oof. moving. Uh, we're moving into the really annoying stage. The terrible teens. <laughs> the, they're not, I say that, they're not terrible. The girls are pretty good most of the time. They just, like, they go nonstop 100% of the time. Like, it's it's impossible to keep up with. And then my son is, he's the 12-year-old, and he's already hit that, like, teenage years mentality. And he's been tough to deal with. <laughs> oh, boy. The, uh, 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 yeah, I, I, you know, it's so it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You were right around my age when you, when you first had them. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, what was that? Sean, like, I was 20. Uh, so I three in I was, a row, geez, I just did the math in my head. I'm like, wow, three in a row, your poor wife. 
<laughs> well, so the first two are by my first wife, and then the oh, I see. number three is not uh, biologically mine, but she. Oh, all right, not still. <laughs> she's still mine. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. But the uh, yeah the uh, I know I wanted to be a dad since I was like seventeen. I don't know. I really I knew really young I want to be a dad, and like I uh, just like finally at that point like all right I can finally begin. And I'm sure I'll be regretting it. Like, God, 17-year-old Andrew, you were such a stupid idiot. <laughs> it's like a, in more ways than one, I'm sure. See, I was never all that keen on having kids. And then, and then it kind of happened. And uh, I think I've been a pretty decent dad. I definitely have had some failings. And uh, I, try to, I try to learn from them and, and grow from them and, and be better going forward. But I still, I still fall back in and do some of the same uh, stupid stuff over and over again, especially with especially with my son, just because he 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 takes after my brother, and oh boy. My, my brother and I didn't never got along real well. So oh. he knows how to push like every button that makes me want to just body slam him. Yeah, like, I'm, oh, I'm worried about that. That <laughs> they could take at that instead of taking after me and my wife, they're going to take after like either of our siblings because like yeah, you know, it's like both of us are fairly okay with our parents. But you know, we're like our siblings are just like, oh god. And like I know for me, I took after like my uh my father's uh one younger brother, and that was a little tough, even though they got along well. <laughs> and uh, but it's like I know it runs, you know, taking it after that runs in the family. My my brother takes after my maternal grandfather, and that's really bad. <laughs> and uh that that guy was like truly fucked up, but the uh and so is my brother. But I'm just like, I'm, I'm worried because I know that taking after the parents is not usually the way it works and you wish it was, but it's just not. Now, my daughter is 100% my clone. Like she is. I, I oh, well, that's not, good. She couldn't have come out any closer to me if I'd crapped her out myself. Like she is right on. She is spot on my kid. But yeah, my, All right. So at least you're one for three. That's right. <laughs> And, Although uh, the, the other one doesn't quite count because it's not. Yours, she's, but. she's coming around. She's uh, I've just about brainwashed her and uh oh being... good, good. <laughs> Your uh, training yeah. is complete. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh something that people like think I'm crazy for. Uh, I've had since I really started getting into all this podcast stuff back uh early summer of last year, I've had the kids will sit around the breakfast table with me in the morning and listen listen to part of the problem or lines of liberty or, or, uh, like oh, that's very fiction. Like the, the, so, so Mark, we do Mark and, uh, Remzo Martinez do a comic book podcast and they go a little off the rails every once in a while. And, and they're like, Oh, we realize that some people might listen to this with their kids. And, uh, they even like specifically because they know I listen to it with my son. They're like, we get a little carried away every once in a while. I was like, he listens to part of the problem and everything else. Like there's nothing that y'all are talking about on a comic book podcast that he hasn't heard infinitely worse on every other <laughs> yeah. libertarian podcast that's out there that he listens to with me. Like it's, he'll be fun. It's, uh, we're trying to radicalize these kids from a young age so that they do not trust. Good. Them. Get them radical young. <laughs> that's right. I want to like, we are not in a position to homeschool right now. Uh, oh, that's that's more, a terrible feeling, ain't it? More because my ex will not agree to it than anything. Uh, if we could, if we had it our way, we would absolutely do it. But because we have to mm -hmm. deal with all of that, it's not, uh, it's not feasible at this point. So 
like kind of where we are is like they're in school and our schools aren't terrible here. Like it's rural. It's it's bad influence, you know? Right. I mean, it's rural Indiana. It's they're not getting a whole lot of like extreme leftist propaganda, but still they're getting, you know, yeah. the basic they're not getting the best that they could get you know, right, right. you know these public schools are not bringing their best <laughs> right and so you know, they're bringing drugs they're bringing crime yeah and some of them i'm sure are good people they're probably not rapists you know they're, they're too young for that yet <laughs> so, so you know i'm trying to uh indoctrinate them enough that they go to school with a healthy level of questioning and disrespect for everything that they hear and are taught while they're at school. Like, uh, yeah, I want them to question and. Well, what's, have what's a, worst about yeah, the worst thing about public schools is not what they teach. It's what they don't teach. You know, yeah. it's like the devil's best propaganda. As this uh, something C.S. Lewis says, like the devil's best propaganda is not what he teaches you. It's, the, it's not the ideas he puts into your head. It's the good ideas he keeps out of your head. And I, I feel like that's the fu- the real function of, of of public schools and their brainwashing is it's not too much. It's not so much what they teach you it's what they don't. And because like conservative and libertarian ideas, they actively have to be put into your head. But if they're not, you know, you're just a default leftist because I, I feel like leftism is the default for humanity. And, you know, you know, you don't need to do anything. It's just you're, you're, you 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 exist this way. You're a default leftist. Everyone is. And because it's just human predatory nature. And, but so if you don't actively socialize people and get them into a, a, at least a level where they can be a conservative and maybe a higher level where they can be, you know, extra socialized into, into good libertarians. And, you know, it's, it's like, you're, you're not going to, you know, it's like, they're never going to get there. It's like, you have to actively socialize people into, yeah, radicalize them <laughs> into being, you know, good, you know, you know, our way. Whereas like, yeah, and if they never don't get anything at all from the uh, you know from the public schools, well, then they're just going to stay leftist. And she's going really... to hear me say this and yell at me. But my wife, when we uh, when we initially met, she was much more leftist. She was uh, mm-hmm. she more or less was a, a Bernie supporter. And oh boy. Like, and we, when we were dating and stuff, we didn't talk about politics. It never, it just never came up. And we got married in uh, June of 2016. And so then, you know, you've got the whole run up to the uh, Trump Hillary election. And we were watching all of that, like watching the debates and all of that. And the whole thing was just a complete shit show. And she could see that, that Hillary was terrible. And Trump, at times seem crazy and i i love that like i i want i want our politicians to be as crazy as possible um, like give me the shit show i love yeah, it yeah <laughs> at least like, make it entertaining i want to yeah the, at least make it entertaining like don't be boring if you're gonna if you're gonna be terrible at least don't be boring and yeah exactly. so it, it was fun and but at the same time like i'm still very libertarian and so i'm looking at this and i'm like okay so everything that she's saying is complete bullshit but also a lot of what he's saying is kind of bullshit but then there is some truth to what he's saying and he may not get exactly at it so like i'm i'm looking at all this stuff and like explaining and now she's like full like hardcore and cap like burn the whole thing down and start over again like so so you know five years of spending time around me and hearing all of these ideas and like she's fully sold into it and uh, you know it just but people aren't exposed to it on a regular basis unless there's somebody exposing them to it is the problem. Cause like you said, it's, 
this is not the mainstream yeah. ideology ideology like this is something that yeah actively gets suppressed but yeah i i, I really feel like just you know human nature is naturally leftist and if you don't uh, you know yeah, it's like we're animals by nature. Leftism is just an the ideology of being an animal. You know, it's just a might makes right predatory thing. And like, if you don't socialize people out of that and teach them how to be productive and you know law abiding citizens, then you know it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like math. You know, if you don't teach people math, they're not going to know it. If you don't teach people how to read, they're not going to know it. And these are all part of being, you know, socialized into a, you know, good human, you know, you know, or like, instead of just an animal. And if you don't actively socialize people out, you know, and give them a real sociability education and, you know, try to teach them how to not have these antisocial behaviors that the, the left promotes on people. It's like, they're never going to know it, you know? And it's like, you know, our stuff has to be taught. Conservatism has to be taught. Uh, you know, libertarianism has to be taught. And, they're not naturally occurring, you know, where we spent hundreds, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of years as just primates. And, you know, it's like millions, I'm sure millions before that is something else that was also predatory. And, you know, it's just, that's, that's our nature. And this is, this whole production thing is really, really new to us. Like even like, I mean, you know, most of us were just farmers for, uh, you know, all of our existence. And then like 150 years ago, we got something different. So this is like, yeah, this is like three or four generations in. This is all really, really new for us. And we have to actively teach it to people because this, this did not occur naturally. It was very artificial. Right. Everything about the way we currently live is in no way natural. It's, yeah. it's, a, product, it's a product of, you know, generations. I worry about that, you know, with my future kids. It's, it's like, how am I going to be able to teach them all, all, of, all of this when, you know, it's like all, yeah, so much of the time is taken away by these, you know, public schools. So I'm just like, I, I'm worried, like, how am I, you know, how are we going to afford, like, a, I don't know, a bit, God help us, a private school, because, you know, my wife and I are both going to be working. We're not going to have time to homeschool them. And the, uh, but yeah, it's like, we're, we're hoping for a private school, but man, I don't want to put them in a public school. That would just be, uh, oof. yeah, that, that terrifies me. And I don't even have kids yet. I don't know how you do it. That's why I run my own home indoctrination program. Good. <laughs> That's we've got a we've got a big garden and we've got goats and chickens and like, oh, I congratulations! Said, they, they listen the real to, Indiana lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, they listen to you know all the libertarian podcasts with me and like they get exposed to all of these ideas on a on a daily basis. So they have uh, mm -hmm. they at least they get some counter to what they get from school. 